Welcome to the Managing Happiness Podcast, helping you to find your true purpose, bring out your A-game, and cultivate the right habits. We're interviewing experts, authors, and thought leaders who are here to share their tried and tested methods that will help you to thrive in life. Here's your host. Welcome to another episode of the Managing Happiness Podcast. Today, I have the absolute pleasure of having Sherry Fernandez on the podcast. She's the author of the USA Today and Wall Street Journal bestselling book, Life Mastery, Personal Progression Towards an Infinite Potential. And this makes us very kindred spirits because my personal mission is to help individuals and organizations to reach their full potential. And with the Managing Happiness course, we talk a lot about life mastery as well. So I'm really looking forward to our conversation, Sherry. Thank you for being on the show. Thank you, David. I had the same thoughts that all this guy is this totally my jam. This should be a great conversation. So how about we dive right in? Let's maybe define what do you mean by life mastery before we get started? Life mastery is just having a control on, you know, this being out of having your life out of control or feeling like you're stuck or slipping, that doesn't feel happy, right? So having enough control over your finances, your physical well-being, your spiritual well-being that you have control rather than feeling like life is just taking you wherever it wants to go, that you plan your own life. You have control. You decide where you're going and what you're doing and what you want out of life. And then you have the discipline and the skills and the tools to go get it. Very aligned with Managing Happens. We help people to figure out their mission, mission, values and vision and mission in the three areas of life, which is yourself, mind, body, spirit, your family or community, and then profession, right? So yeah. kind of like first defining this and then working on how to get this through discipline, as you say, and we focus a lot on habits. So I'm curious, what tools do you suggest people in your book to maybe let's start with? Well, I focus a lot on habits. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, habits, yeah, perfect. Habit nerds for the win. Let's maybe start with defining what's the process to actually really figure out what you want, because a lot of people don't know what they want. Yeah, they don't know what they want, or they think they should want a thing, or the people have convinced them they should want a thing, or something just sounds good. I have somebody in my world who just loves every idea and everything, everything sounds good, but maybe it's not really something that she ought to be pursuing. So one of the things I do to help pin that down, I teach a lot of skills like you. It's when we do mission statements. I teach a lot of hobbits and those kind of things. But before we get very far into it, if I'm working one-on-one -on -one, or I just did this with a workshop, I hadn't done it in a group before and it worked out pretty good actually, but we do some visualization, imagining yourself at, I'll pick a time, maybe five or 10 years, depending on how old the person is. And what do you want your life to look like? And then when they go to set goals or habits, we can say, well, this is what you wanted. Is it still what you want? So what you want, maybe that's not the goal that fits. So that's basically what I do. So people know what they want. They just need time to, and permission to stop, slow down, think it through. Yeah, we, we do also vision boards. It's one of the exercises. And one participant, he put a fancy car in the middle of it. And after thinking about it a little more, a few weeks later, he said, like, I don't know why I put this there. I don't even like cars. You know, she's kind of just like sticking with, the, with the, the dream of the world, what society tells us, you know, what happiness or success or whatever looks like. Yeah, right. Just it sounded like a good idea when he saw the pictures. That's cool. <laughs> yeah, that was, I don't do dream boards. I'm not that visual, but a lot of my clients do that. And that's another good way to stay focused on what your dream is. So you help people to figure out their five-year or 10-year goal, right? In terms of they visualize, they write it down. What are the next steps? Then we go to work. I know there's a lot of coaching and mentoring going out there, but I'm really about going to work and getting things done, boots on the ground. So one of the first things I teach is how to develop habits. I teach a tracking sheet. And that's what gets measured, gets managed, right? That's what Peter Drucker said. 
So it's a great skill. If you can use a tracking sheet, you can develop just about any habit. Before even though setting any major goals, which I really don't do that much of because if I give them the skills, they can figure that part out themselves, right? So we'll so just ask a couple of things that they would feel like gives them control in their life if they were doing that. And usually people will pick maybe working out or meditating or prayer or something along that line. A couple people put down brushing their teeth, <laughs> just wherever, you know, wherever you are. And then I have a workbook that I use with people. And then there's tracking sheets, so like a, a monthly calendar where you can list the things you want to accomplish daily, weekly, or how many times a week, the date at the top. And then we just check it off. And the idea is that they have this little bit of accountability tool and a reminder that, oh yeah, I'm going to get my check for today. I need to get my workout in. I'm going to get my check for today. I got to drink the amount of water I said I wanted to drink. They choose the goal course and then I hold them accountable to it. But I, and you can't as a coach or mentor be there forever. It's like being a parent, you can't be there forever, right? You have to train people to get by without you. So I teach them this tracking school. I've been, I, tracking sheet. I've been tracking myself. A very undisciplined young person. I mean, extremely, extremely undisciplined. I couldn't pay my bills. <laughs> I'd run out of gas. I just couldn't get anything going. And, and now one of my hallmarks is self-discipline. But that's, I started with a tracking sheet and I was 25-ish, 24, 25. And I started tracking the daily habits. I wanted, I wanted three at that time. And of course, those are long since solid habits. So for four decades, I've been tracking goals. Focusing on habits. Yeah, it's often people that overcome a challenge in life. Later, they turn this into coaching. Because like once you've mastered something that you've been challenged with, A, you know how it felt, you know the pain. And then it's easier to guide people to actually do this as well. But please master it first. <laughs> I don't know about it in your world, but I do a lot of networking. And just because I'm, if I can't help people, I don't get out and meet people. So I run to all these young people. Like, what do you do? Well, I'm a life coach. And they're like 24. <laughs> so I'm teaching them. That I've used this example with my workshop the other day. It worked like a charm. They were a lot of outdoor. It's a mountain resort. All these employees are working at this mountain resort. So there's a lot of outdoors people. And one of the girls is a snowboarder. I said, if Rachel is a really good snowboarder and she's really good at it. She sort of has an obligation to teach other need to know how to snowboard. But if Rachel only read a book on it, you don't want to teach how to snowboard, right? And they're like, oh yeah, you know? So that's the thing with coaching and, and mentoring is, and I say this early in the book, I use an analogy about this man who solved the problem of hunger in Vietnam in the nineties. But once you have a skill, you do have an obligation to teach it. Once you've overcome something, like you said, and you really have overcome it, you're not using teaching it as a way for you to overcome it. That's not right. But once you have mastered it, you have life mastery. Pass it on. Then you do have an obligation, I think, to teach other people. And I tell my client, and you can't unlearn the things we've learned now. You need to go and teach them to somebody else. Once you have this down and you feel confident, you start teaching other people around you. I watched this movie with Morgan Friedman. What's it called? Lucy, I think. And yeah, so in there, somebody asked him, like, what's the meaning of life? And he said, I, I don't know, but like most, in most cultures, it's passing on what you've mastered, what you've learned to others. So we evolve as, as a species that we help people not to fall in the same traps that we fell in and they found out how to jump over them. No, I think there's, that's the nature of things. We learn something. You do it naturally as a parent. Now you're an adult. Now you teach your children how to walk, how to ride a bike and how to drive a car. It's the order of things, not that everybody's going to ask you or, or want your help, but for those who do, we do have an obligation to teach what we've mastered, but we do have an obligation to master 
something before we teach it also. Yes, 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 for sure. How do you hold people accountable? Like they check the habits in the worksheet or in the workbook. How do you make sure that they actually do what they're supposed to do? <laughs> One of my clients said a while back, they said, we used to set us up so we don't want to disappoint you. <laughs> so I don't know. That's probably, I have high expectations, but I use the tracking sheet. And then every week they go. So when I teach the tracking sheet, usually when I work with somebody, it's a minimum of three months once a week, right? So the second or third week, usually the second week, and sometimes even the first week, depends on how well they already know, worked with me before, whatever. We start with the tracking sheet and then we just check one or two things. And then the next week we check in. And then after we got that kind of going, they teach some other skills, but every week, I come back to the tracking sheet. How are you doing on tracking your goals? So we, I try to evaluate how they're feeling about it. They're ready to move on. I don't want to sink them and give them 10 things to track every day either, right? But every week I ask them, I check on them. And once in a while, I'll have somebody who's really struggling with getting up in the morning. I'll spend a week saying, send me a check mark if you got up. So that's a little more accountability. And I have on the rare occasion been known to call somebody to wake them up. But I try not to go that far because that's too much babysitting. If I have to call you to <laughs> get you out of bed, you're probably not ready for what else I've got to teach you. So Yeah, there has to be some self-motivation. You can't force people to do it. It has to come from, from the inside, right? But if it helps at the end of the day, if I say, I expect the check mark every day to tell me you did this one thing, whatever it is. That sometimes is just that one extra. Uh, and usually it only takes about a week and they feel silly. <laughs> to get the engine going. <laughs> they thought maybe they're grown up and they shouldn't have to check in with their mother, I guess, or something. <laughs> So personal question, if you don't mind me, what are the current habits that you are newly implementing or that you're tracking yourself? I track somewhere between eight to 11 items is somewhere where I'll, I'll track. I still track some things that I'm, I'm already a hundred percent out, but I like the momentum it gives me. So I track writing my affirmations every day, planning my day. I track the amount of water. I do struggle a little bit with water. I've got a little swallowing issues. So I just harder to get it down. So I, I track my water. I track meditation reading, calling my mother. <laughs> my mother was just put into an assisted living. So I try to call her and spend five minutes on the phone with her every day. I don't try to, I do do that. And I track it. If I miss, I know it. My workouts, 14,000 steps a day. Sometimes I might have a thing for a month. I might want to say like this month, I'm going to up my push-ups. I would like to get, see if I can do 50 in a minute again, which I could do not very many years ago. And I think I could do that, but I want to really make sure I can do it by the end of the month. So Rather than doing push-ups for body, I'm doing them five days a week. So I'm tracking that right now. So I'll just do that for a month. Maybe for just a month, I want to spend extra time reading or whatever. And I, I'll reevaluate too. I read. It's all will I be there every month or I work out. How much do I read? What's my workouts going to look like? That might vary month to month. I might say, okay, this month, my workout's going to be like this. Or this month, I'm going to read 60 minutes instead of 30 minutes. So getting it done doesn't matter how. We have very similar habits. My habits are... It's also like workouts, sweat every day, planning the day, eating the frog from the book, eating the frog. Oh, I have reading the frog too. You, we, we were born under the same star. I said, <laughs> eat my frogs. I, that's actually my affirmations. Then my inbox zero, did I get done all of my emails and that everything is delegated or archived? That's also my, my canary in the coal mine, basically my early warning signal. If I'm not doing this for too long, if I haven't been checking inbox haven't reaching inbox zero for over a week, I know I'm overwhelmed and I have to cut back somewhere. Otherwise, my good habits will fall away because, you know, I'm too overwhelmed. Now, that's a really good majoring stick, yeah. Also, I have a check mark spending quality time with my wife and my daughter every day, you know, because I tend to 
sound horrible, but I tend to forget just focusing on work and just forgetting it. So I know myself. So this is why I have this check in there. And then not eating after 9 p.m. If I eat after 9 p.m., I get an energy boost and I won't sleep. My morning routine will suffer. And also visualization and gratitude, meditation, and the time I get up is also what I'm tracking to make sure I'm not slacking off. So you got a pretty good list too. So you've been doing this for a while. If I, if I had a client that's new at this and they just started tracking that many things, they'd be so overwhelmed. <laughs> but yeah, you build those skills like a muscle, right? The more things that you do the, as a hobby, the more things that you can do. Yeah, they're all like pretty solid. Sometimes I, I just want to like business one-on-one, what you measure will improve. So I just want to make sure I continuously measure it so I don't forget about ones. From time to time, I add something new, for example, sharing on social media. Just that's a new one right now. I'm doing this like every day during the week, I share a video. And I'm a recovering introvert, so it's like a hard thing for me to do, but I, I kind of got the, I got into the groove of, of doing it, building up the habit. That's good. That's exactly the kind of things that we're trying to teach. And that is that progress that you make in your personal life that brings happiness. When we go forward, we're happy. When we're slipping or stuck, we're not happy. And it's, it's really just that simple, those little steps, those little habits every day and, and trying to be a little better the next day. That's the journey to happiness. That is happiness. And it's in that journey. Do we have a not to do list? A not to do? <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> so, th this is something that has been helping me and, and students of mine as well tremendously, especially with habits. For example, the not eating after 9 p.m. is also part of my to do list. Or, like, for example, if you struggle with going to bed, like, don't have the phone, charge the phone in another room, buy a normal alarm clock. Oh, yeah. You know, or like, don't use the phone. I, I don't use the phone before I've done my morning routine. Otherwise, I may end up on social media or on emails and I'll stay in bed too long and then I don't have time to work out. Yeah, that's true. That Those are things that, you know, like if you pick up that phone before you have your own personal development time, you're reading and workouts and all that, it sinks your day, right? So, yeah, we talk a lot about it. We don't have a write it in a do not do list. And if they did, though, I would word it differently. I would say. I am phone free until nine o'clock or whatever. So that's in a positive, my digestion system gets a rest after nine or whatever. So that it's a more of a positive thing. But no, I think those are great tracking things. Some of the things you list, I would probably put in daily written affirmations, which is another skill that I teach, which is the bomb for changing things like your ability to listen or to be kind or to smile or those things that are a little harder to measure. You said quality time. I spend quality time with my wife. It's a little harder to measure those kind of things. It's did I or didn't I? Well, pretty good. I did do this, but I didn't really do that, you know. So anything that's not concretely able to be measured, not in goals, these are just action steps. I believe in great big, hairy, audacious goals, not measurable goals, but in these action steps on a tracking sheet, they have to be yes, I did, no, I didn't. There's no gray area. Otherwise, I move them over to our written daily written affirmations, which might be like, I spend quality time with my wife, I spend quality time with my daughter, I smile at everybody, I have good posture. Things that are harder to measure. Talk about good posture. Yeah, let's both of us sit up straighter. <laughs> so that's the second skill I teach. After I teach tracking, then I teach daily written affirmations. And we all know that affirmations are powerful, but to actually write them every day is like any other goal. When we write them, they're so much more powerful. Well, when you write affirmations and you write the same affirmations every day and you just do this every day. I, of all of the skills and habits that I teach, for me personally, this is the one like, I'll miss a workout. I don't like it, but I'll do it. I'll not miss writing my affirmations. If by some weird chance it happens, I write it twice the next day. It's just, they're so, I feel like I slip. And those are who I'm becoming. So I'll have things like, I listen to the end. This is a skill that I've learned recently that 
I picked up, I quoted it in my book, actually picked up from somebody else, but he said, if you listen to people, you find out the coolest thing, the best thing happens at the end of what they're saying. Well, you really learn something at the very end. If you don't listen to the end, you never get the good part. And so I'm trying to find out that's true. <laughs> and I'm listening. So I've got that in my affirmations. I listen to the end. Because I can't put that on a tracking sheet. Did I listen to the end today? Well, maybe I did. Maybe I didn't. Did I smile at everybody today? Well, I smiled at a couple people, but a couple people I didn't smile at. You know, those things have changed my life in amazing ways. That's a good idea. I haven't done this in a while. I'll, I'll pick this up again. Do you write down your core values as well? The governing values, I don't write those every day, but one of my core values is about loving people well. So I have to smile at everybody. Okay, so it's breaking those down into smaller pieces. They'll usually end up in my affirmations. Not all of my affirmations are going to point towards my core values because I had I have excellent posture for a long time. I uh, should put it back on there, which is not, of course, a core value, but still. Many of the ones like listening, if you can't listen to people, you're not loving them. So those things kind of break down. My marriage is my primary relationship. And so I have things on that. I agree with Ken. So we don't bicker about stupid little things, right? That don't matter. I can be agreeable. So those kind of things, eating those elephants a little bit, I guess. One bite at a time. One bite at a time. Yeah, it's good. I just took a note to get back into my, my affirmations again and writing them down again. Since we're on the Managing Happiness podcast, I always like to ask, how do you manage your happiness? What does this mean for you? Oh, well, there's pieces to that, of course. Absolutely, I've got to be improving every day. And I know sometimes I think, oh, I'm tired, but then, you know, ain't dead, can't quit. So I know that I have to move forward. I have to be better at working on myself all the time to feel good about life. I don't want to be stuck. I hate that feeling. So that's important. But also how I think about my life. I have a really awesome life. I really do. I've been really blessed seeing the fruits of my labors of a lifetime. I just have a really great life. And sometimes I forget that. And so I do, in my affirmations, I have, my life is fun and easy. So I get to remind myself, meditation is huge for me for keeping my peace. You just get so caught up in things that don't matter. And so those are a couple of things that I do. I really am a really happy person. That I think that always shows through. I feel happy. But sometimes you feel cranky. Why am I cranky? Well, meditation can help you sort that kind of stuff out. So I love meditation for that. For me, running or exercising is the, the key thing too. Oh, yeah. And then exercise is critical. If I exercise, I just feel better. Yeah. And being outdoors is huge. Being outdoors, I just really feel like we could just reduce a whole lot of stress and anxiety between meditation and being outdoors. I'd probably just about manage most of it. Being outdoors is huge. For me, they'd be outside about an hour a day. I always like to ask myself clarity or coaching questions. You know, for example, when I plan my week, I ask myself, if I would only have four hours to work this week, what would I focus on? To kind of really realize, like, what is the thing that I really want to get done? What's the, what has the highest priority? What's, like, actually the, the important thing for this week? I'm curious, do you have any clarity or coaching questions that you ask yourself on a regular basis? Well, I do have in my affirmations that I eat my frogs and I do plan my day. Here's my major thrust of my energy right now, my work day, which is promoting my book and trying to get in as many hands as possible, getting the audio book done, getting the planner done. So these are things that I always got to rise to the top. If I get distracted off on something else, I got no, no. So I just, I have these things and I know right now those are my main responsibilities. I just need to work on the book, what needs to be done. I'm going to do a little bit of editing and fix a few things in it. So these are things that I, I'm focusing on. So no new projects, no new nothing until I get these things done. So in my work week, 
which I'm right tired and I don't have to work, but I do still have to be productive. And I teach this, you have to be productive every day. So my productive part of my day is towards life mastery and clients, of course, clients and workshops. I have a lot of different businesses and I tend to just like always put more on my plate than I can chew. I really like the idea of like kind of picking like X projects and I'm not taking any new one on until one is off the plate. So just kind of wrote this down. So I want to add this to my, to my Northside document so I can do this on a regular basis. Most of the people I work with are what I call big thinkers and they're entrepreneurs. They're like you. They've got a lot of ideas, a lot of businesses, a lot of things they want to do. They have all these things. And so teaching them how to focus, like, like what you're doing, bring it back. That's why that visualization is so important. If you know, this is where I'm headed. This is the house I want to live in, the people in my world, the relationship I want, the spirituality that I want. This is where I want to be going. If I take on one more project, it's going to distract me from this thing that I want. That's my job as a coach and a mentor is to help keep those big thinkers, still big dreamers. You know, one thing that I teach, you probably do this already. So you're, you're way ahead of me on some of these things, but I teach these people have got a lot of ideas to keep a notebook and write their ideas down. You may not use them or you might, but it clears your brain because you got, oh, I got this good idea, but I don't want to let go of it. Is that your notebook? <laughs> so I think it's a really good skill because these people, and I'm the same person, except for that I'm farther down the road in life. I'm 66. So I'm kind of winding some of those things down and a little more clear, but when I was younger, it was like this, I had this idea and this idea and this idea, and it still can be that way. But when you write down in a book, then you clear up your mind. So you're not thinking, well, I don't want to let go of this idea. It's not gone. You still got it. You can get back to it. Right now, I got to focus on this. It's good. Like the projects for later list. Actually, this writing things down, I used to often lay in bed, couldn't fall asleep. Think, oh, I still have to do this tomorrow. I have to do that tomorrow. And blah, I can't forget this. And now with the notebook, I just like, oh, I have, have a new idea. I just, okay, no, actually I wake up and I, or I get up and send myself an email so I don't forget. And then it's out of my mind. I know it's going to get done and then I can be much calmer. I had another guest in the podcast and he told me about worry time. So he has worry time. He schedules on his calendar when there's something he's worrying about. You know, it's kind of in the back of your mind. It makes you less productive. He schedules this in his calendar. Okay. On next, whatever, Thursday. From then to then, I will worry about this issue, basically, because then you actually really focus on this and come up with solutions. Otherwise, you know, it's just kind of there and, and distracting you. But then he's like... It just weighs on me, right? Yeah, write it down. I bet most of the time he doesn't even have to worry about it. By the time he gets there, it's probably not a worry anymore. I teach people to plan their days, you know, especially at the workshops and being hired by some business, right? Then wants better employees. About plan the day, people say, well, I just keep it in my head. I hear this a lot. I just keep it in my head. Well, that is not very useful. First of all, it clutters up your mind. It burns up creative energy, trying to remember all those things. It's not very efficient. When I had my uh, fitness business, we would keep track of what we call a Tabata sheet. And you would count how many of the reps of something you could do in 20 seconds. And I have some, I don't want to write it down. I just keep it in my mind. Well, they couldn't remember, right? Really what they did. There was not really forward movement. If you know exactly what you did last time, you're more, you're more inclined. If I did 20 push-ups last time in 20 seconds, well, if I can do 21, that's my goal. What do you measure will improve? Yeah, what you measure, Peter Drucker, what gets measured gets improved. And doesn't matter whether it's spiritual or, or relationships or to body sheets. If you measure it, it gets improved. And then writing things down, of course, you just can't track things. You try to keep all that in your head. You're going to lose things and you're going to be scatterbrained and ineffective. And I don't care who you are. People say, I'm not a person who writes things down. Well, then you're not a person who's going to go very far. <laughs> That's about how it's going to go. Yes, 100% for sure. Yes, absolutely. Also, people, when they see how I manage my calendar and just like kind of how my super organized life is, they think, like, oh my God, 
like where's the flexibility you know isn't this restricting i think it's actually it's extreme freedom to have you know i think a players don't drop the ball i never want to be in a situation where you say like oh no yeah i forgot i want to do this i'm happy to just like consciously say like okay i'm not gonna do this i just like decide i won't do this but i never want to be in a position where i feel like oh damn i want to do this but i forgot so always write things down always put on a list and happy to throw it after this but then it's a conscious thingy because a players don't drop the ball it's not good for us it's not good for the people who count on us to be flaky either to drop the ball i remember being in a leadership meeting and i was my late 20s probably and i just have been in this called to be in this position and so these leaders would get together and talk about the different parts of organization they would say okay we need somebody for this project and they'd talk about different people and they'd say well she'd be good but she's she doesn't get things done or he'd be good but i'm not sure we can count on them and i thought I'll just strike me dead if my name ever comes up and somebody says, <laughs> she, you can't count on it. And I might've been that person at that time. I thought that really made me think I'm going to double up my efforts to never be the person who, in your words, drops the ball. So I think as a Buddhist saying, how you do one thing is how I do everything. And this is how I judge people. You know, like if they treat the waiter bad, I know he won't be a good leader. If, you know, if he's like sloppy here, it's going to be sloppy there. If he's unfriendly at work is going to be unfriendly at home if he's you know it's just like how you do one thing is how you do everything i think it's a very good indicator like okay he's not getting this done he will also not get other stuff done i totally agree you're going to be consistent we have i've got somebody in my world he's a really awesome guy but he, we're talking about putting your shopping carts away as a symbol of who you are and he said well they hire people to do that and but when you, that same conversation you put your shopping cart away the same reason you pick up your litter and you make your bed and you treat people a certain way just because this is just an indicator who you are and what you want to be. I think you'll put a shopping cart away now because <laughs> that's how he rolls. But part of that too, I guess is a little bit of a side on that. Something like not putting your shopping cart away or allowing other people to clean up after you or cleaning your mess up after you is like a message to the world that I'm more important than you. <laughs> My time is more valuable than other people's time. So it's, it's a bad message to send out. Not good for us, not good for our relationships with other people. Yes, yes, for sure. So, Drew, uh, also cool story, Zappos, the company, I think Amazon bought them for a lot of money. They had this rule, if they have a new hire, you know, they fly him in and they pick him up from the airport and he meets with all the ma new managers. And, you know, if all the managers like him, then they're going to make him offer. But first, they're going to check with the driver. If this person was nice to the driver, if he wasn't nice to the driver, then they will not hire him. Oh, interesting. Interesting, Often, You know, that sounds like I could just sort of see in one of our businesses where we, we might have done that exact kind of thing. We actually had something hired for a while in one of our businesses that we'd bought to do, be HR or something. And we'd brought in, paid him quite a bit of money. Found, he was such a nice guy. Found out he was, yeah, really nice to the boss, to the managers, to people that were higher than him or on the same, but the people who actually worked for him, not nice. It took a while for us to figure that out. We'd have sent him on a driver with one of our drivers. We would have known who he was. <laughs> Sherry, I... I love what you're doing. I think it's super important. We're doing this pretty much the same thing. So very aligned. Thank you very much for coming on. It was a real pleasure. How can people find you? And is there anything you want to pitch to people here? Well, you know, this point in my life, my jam is to try to make the world a better place. <laughs> I hope that my book is doing that. My book is called Life Mastery, Personal Progression Towards an Infinite Potential. There's no end to the things that we can do in this life. And it's moving towards that infinite potential that makes us happy. And that book's available on Amazon. The audiobook will be available in, I think, a couple of weeks. It'll be on Audible. 
And then the workbooks are available on the website as well as the signed copies of the book. And I can be contacted there as well. And the website is lifemasteryinfo.com. And I am Sherry, S-H-E-R-R-Y, at lifemasteryinfo.com. I return, I hope this is true, as long as my website's working and my email's working, I return all the messages that I get. I always return people have questions or things for me. So it's how you do one thing, it's how you do everything. It's like bringing the shopping cart away. <laughs> yeah, right. I get an assistant to a lot of little things that I hate to do, like, you know, paying the bills and stuff, setting up my interviews, but I also answer my own emails. Sherry, thank you very much for being on. We'll have all these links in the show notes as well. Thanks for being with us. Pleasure to meet with you, David, a like-minded person. I hope I get to meet you in person someday. And if I can do anything for you, let me know. I like what you're doing and good for you. You go get them. 